something like that. And I know that God has got a word for us this morning. Now, I don't know about you, but when I think about um, daring, I'm always a little bit apprehensive because it's like, right, what am I going to do? What, what is someone going to? Oops, what is someone going to ask me to do that is just going to cause me to be so outside of my comfort zone? It's just like, wow, I don't even know if I can do it. And you know, there's lots of things, lots of examples that I I kind of could tell you about where someone has said, you know, go and do this, go and do that, go and go and try these other things, and uh, every single one of them, it's a little bit embarrassing, isn't it? Everything, every single time that, that you're asked to do something where you're a little bit unsure of maybe even the outcome, it's just there's something inside of you that is just a little bit squirmy, a little bit almost cringy. And so what I'm going to do is I'm going to relate to you um, one of the stories that I actually heard about. This isn't a personal story. How cool if this was a personal story, okay? But there's a story I'm going to relate to you, and it goes back to the year 1859, okay? And there was this guy who, his name was uh, Charles Blondin. Does anyone know who Charles Blondin was? Oh, he was a tightrope walker. Well done. You get a prize at the end. Do you know, this guy, he was French, he was a, he's actually an acrobat, and, you know, when I heard this story, I thought, I've got to share it. You know, for many, for many of us, you know, to walk across the Niagara Falls, 160 foot up in the air, about 1.1 kilometers in length to tightrope, that'd be cool if you could do that, eh? <laughs> hey, I've got a party trick, let me just try this. <laughs> but this is what Charles Blondin did, and not only did he do this, he did it with a wheelbarrow. He did it with concrete in that wheelbarrow. One time he did it with someone on his back, actually his manager on his back. Can you imagine tightroping with someone on your back or even pushing a wheelbarrow? He did it one time where he had in this wheelbarrow a stove and he actually made an (laughs) omelette. How on earth can you even think about where to put your hands, how to hold yourself, how to stand up? But yet he did it, yet he achieved it. And do you know what a feat? He is a man who will go down in history that in 1959, he was able to traverse from one side of Niagara Falls to the other. And do you know, when I read this story, the story tells me that between 20 and 30,000 people watched him do it. What an influence that man had in his, on other people's lives, eh? What an influence that he had. He was able to say, I'm going to do it and I'm going to get to the other side. And you know, one of the times when he said, I'm going to cross the Niagara Falls, he spoke to some of the people there and he said, you know, do you, do you trust me enough that, that you know, I can take you either on my back or I can put you in a wheelbarrow and, and walk across or tightrope across the Niagara Falls? And not a single person trusted their lives in his hands other than the manager. His manager... He was the only one who jumped on his back and he said, I'm with you, I'm going to do it. I'm so glad that I was not his manager. (laughs) I can assure you I'd be having second thoughts. But here's the thing. Someone actually put their trust into a man. They put their trust into his abilities. You know, for us to be able to, to reach out and to dare to do something that is not the norm, that is not for us to do normally, we're going to have to even challenge some of our own inner thinkings, our own inner attitudes, our own inner thoughts and what we think is achievable and what's not. Because, do you know, when I think about what's possible, 
says in the Bible that all things are possible with God. So actually, if all things are possible with God, then we just need to come to the realisation that actually we just need to understand how God can cause these things to happen, okay? So here's another little story I want to tell you about, okay? This is um, me giving away one of, um, one of my favourite television programmes, right? It's actually a television programme and it's called The Impractical Jokers. Has anyone seen it? Has anyone heard it? Has anyone watched it? Oh, I see a few hands. Brilliant. You know, the Impractical Jokers, these guys, these are four lifelong friends. They are guys who challenge each other. Actually, they dare. They dare each other to do things that actually not many people would, would, would really want to do or position themselves to do. And the deal is, if you don't do the challenge, you get a big thumbs down and you have got the potential to do the, the worst forfeit in your life, okay? So some of the scenarios go like this. You're given a bunch of pencils, okay? You say you've got 50 pencils and somehow while you're in a supermarket with one of the other um, and practical jokers, what you have to do is feed pencils into other people without them even knowing. So like if they've got a big jacket on, you've got to try and get as many pencils into their jacket or into their pockets, as, as many as you can. Or here's another one, okay? Um, you, you have to take toilet rolls. This was one, a really recent one. So everyone in their, wa- in their, in their trolleys, they're just going along and they're, and they're shopping. So what these people had to do again competition was to lob to literally lob toilet rolls into people's trolleys now it's so funny to begin with because when the first one goes in you're like oh these people are going to be like deflecting them and not letting them go in and all that but actually they were like come on who's going who's going to do who's going to win and you know for them actually one person did lose and you know if you're the loser then like i said you have to do the worst forfeit and the worst forfeit that i have seen so far and this happens over in America, okay, was they turned up to a baseball game and this, the, the person who has to do the forfeit has got no idea of what they have to do. And what they're told, what this guy is told, is that he's got to walk out into the diamond, you know, where they play the baseball, and they've got to sing a song. <laughs> now, the challenge is he knows the title of the song, but he doesn't know He's got to like make up the song himself. So, 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 so his friends might say, you've got to sing about, I don't know, a dancing chicken or something, just a bad example. He then has to stand there like an absolute idiot making up this song. And how embarrassing, how humiliating with all these people's booing at you, shouting at you, get off. You know, different if it was a song that you knew and you could, you could, um, you could relay and you could sing amazingly. But to just stand there and not have a, a, an idea of what you're going to do, how embarrassing, eh? So it's I Dare You series. And, you know, I love this series. I love the, I love the very fact that, you know, it's taken us from the, the adventure starts here to I Dare You. Because, you know, with God, there's a process that every single one of us have to go through. And, do you know, when, when the, the, the first title, when the first series, The Adventure Starts Here, came out, I thought... Wow, what an amazing, what amazing um, statement for 2016. The adventure starts here. And now to say, and let the dares begin. Yeah. Let the dares begin. So what dares are you up for in your life? What dares is God readying in your life that you would actually go out and touch some people's lives and actually see them come to the knowledge of Jesus Christ? Um, here's who we're going to speak about today. His name is Gideon, and he's in the Bible, okay? And, you know, when I think about Gideon, and just reading up on Gideon, oh, I've just loved reading, reading and understanding his life and the impact that he's had. 
and Gideon, if, if you don't know the story, you know, it starts a long time before Gideon. And, and actually Moses, he is, he is given the task of taking the, the children of Israel out of Egypt into the promised land. And, and actually because of um, disobedience and whatever else, he was not actually able to take the people into the promised land, although God did take them to a, to a very high mountain. And he said, over there is the promised land, but unfortunately you're not going to take the people in. So Joshua rose up and Joshua took, took those people in to the promised land. And, and from there, the judges once they, once they got into the promised land, the judges were then uh, put in charge of uh, Israel. And from there, we kind of pick up the story, okay? So if we go to Judges 6, and we're going to read from verse 11. And it says, And the angel of the Lord came and sat under the terebinth tree, which was in Oprah, which belonged to Joash the Abrazite. While his son Gideon threshed wheat in the winepress in order to hide it from the Midianites. And the angel of the Lord appeared to him and said to him, The Lord is with you, you mighty man of valor. Gideon said to him, O my Lord, if the Lord is with us, why then has all this happened to us? And where are all the miracles which our fathers told us about, saying, Did not the Lord bring us up from Egypt? But now the Lord has forsaken us and delivered us into the hands of the Midianites. Then the Lord turned to him and said, Go in this might of yours, and you shall save Israel from the hand of the Midianites. Have I not sent you? So he said to him, O my Lord, how can I save Israel? Indeed, my clan is the weakest of Manasseh, and I am the least in my father's house. And the Lord said to him, Surely I will be with you, and you shall defeat the Midianites as one man. Then he said to him, If now I have found favour in your sight, then show me a sign that it is you who talk with me. Do not depart from here, I pray, until I come to you and bring out my offering and set it before you. And he said, I wait here, I wait until you come back. Verse 19, So Gideon went in and prepared a young goat and unleavened bread from the ephah of flour. The meat he put in the basket and he put the broth in a pot and he brought them out to him under the terebinth tree and presented them. The angel of God said to him, take the meat and the unleavened bread and lay them on this rock and pour out the broth. And he did so. And in verse 21 says, the angel of the Lord put out the end of his staff that was in his hand and touched the meat and the unleavened bread and fire rose off, rose out of the rock and consumed the meat and the unleavened bread, and the angel of the Lord departed out of his sight. What an amazing story, eh? What an amazing encounter that actually God would call a man. God would call a man and he would say that you're going to lead my people. Do you know, And when I was thinking about just this, this whole story, there are so many things that, that we can take from it. You know, actually the verse that I didn't read in Judges 2 Verse 2, you know, the very reason why this had happened to Israel was that they had not trusted, they had not listened to the voice of God. They had not um, cast down all the, ba- all the bales, all the baals, and they had not, um, and they had, and actually had gone into covenant with the people of the, of the area. And that's the very reason why God said, um, the, these are the things that, that will happen to you. And, you know, when I think about Gideon, you know, Gideon and his, and his challenge it says in the Bible that he was the least and he was the youngest. Anyone in here like that? Anyone in here the least of the people? Anyone in here the youngest of the family? 
because do you know what? There's so many, uh, so many of our own insecurities, so many of our own thought patterns would stop us, as as even here. Um, the, the, the thoughts that Gideon would have that, that, that he was the least of, of the land but I love God I love the fact that God he's got an answer for every situation God has got an answer that's going to encourage you he's got an answer that's going to lift you up and you know when I think about the answer that, that um, the angel of the Lord gave to him it says that you're a mighty man of valour have I not sent you and when I was looking up the word valour valour is boldness and, deter- and determination in facing great danger, especially in battle. You know, I reckon Gideon was set up. I reckon Gideon was set up. Do you? Because when I, when I read the words and, you know, it's, even the meaning of it is about battle. What had, what had Gideon done in his life up until that point? You know, it says that he was found in the, in the threshing floor um, in a wine press. And, uh, you know, what has he done in his life? What, what, what enemies has he fought in his life? It doesn't say to us, but yet God is preparing him. He's preparing him for, for the things that he's going to do. Here's the next thing that, 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 that I love about the story. You know, the story goes on and it speaks about just um, give me a sign. How many of us, when we're looking for God to just answer us, say, God, give me a sign. Give me a sign. If you give me a sign, then I'll go. God, if you give me a sign, then I'll know I can go and buy this or do that or, or do whatever. Anyone kind of relate to that? Yeah. yeah, every single one of us, eh? God, give us a sign. God, give us a sign. But here's the thing with God. God gives um, Gideon a sign. And to actually send an angel of the Lord, I think that's quite cool. Can you imagine having a chat with the angel of the Lord? Hey, angel, how are you going, Gideon? Imagine it, you know, this, this, this angel, and you know, he's, he's stood like this, and he's got wings like this, and I think you're going to be in absolute awe that the very, the very fact that God would send an angel of the Lord, you would kind of stand up and take notice. You know, this isn't just like one of those, oh, I, think I, heard the, I think I heard God say, go and do this or go and do that. He's got the angel of the Lord stood in front of him going, come on, Gideon, you mighty man of valor. I think I would, if that was me, I'd be like, hey, come on, let's go. <laughs> come on, let's go. God, what have you got for us? And then it did speak about in verse 21 that, that by fire, that the, that the angel of the Lord reached out his staff and consumed that offering. Not only did he have the angel of the Lord, not only did the, the, the angel of the Lord speak to him, communicate with him and tell him who he was, but he had a miracle happen in front of him. He had some fire come out of a rock and consume the very meal that he prepared. I think Gideon's got, um, God's got Gideon's attention. What's God going to do to get your attention this morning? What, God is going, what is God going to do to get your attention that, that actually from where you are right now to where God is going to take you, what is going to God, what's God going to cause to happen? And you know, there's lots of challenges that, that come along in our lives. And actually, we just have to sometimes just soak them up go with the flow because see when I think of all the challenges that, that we have ultimately what, what's happening is God is wanting us to trust him God is wanting us to trust him let's not put our trust in our finances let's not put our trust in our mobile phones or our, or our fancy cars or our houses or our jobs or whatever but let's just trust God for who he is because he is a faithful faithful God so here's Gideon's there you know Gideon's there um, it speaks about in verse 27 
Uh, it says that he was to destroy his father's Baal and the image beside it. We didn't, we didn't read that verse. And, you know, when I think about, um, when I think about even my dad, you know, I suppose if my dad did a sin and, and had put in place some God or some um, Baal, I'd be like, oh, but it's my dad. It's, you know, it's, I just don't know if I can do this. You know, there's some things that every single one of us are going to have to address where it's definitely going to be uncomfortable. We're going to be dealing with our parents, whatever. We're going to be dealing with um, some past wrong decision. We're going to be dealing with something that, 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 that would try and shut us down because God is building his church. God is building his church. And for God to see such a breakthrough in our lives, guess who's going to have to change? You're going to have to change and I'm going to have to change because we don't want to be the same again. Amen? So I dare you, will you be ready to change? Judges 6, verse 34. This is a great verse. This is um, where it speaks about, but the Spirit of the Lord came upon Gideon. So not only did he have an angel in front of him, not only did he have fire coming out of the rock to consume his offering, but he had the Spirit of the Lord coming upon him. Do you know what? This guy has got a task he's going to have to do. This guy doesn't even really realize what God has set him up to do. But he's got all of these all of these, um, all of these assets, all of these attributes that are absolutely catching his attention. And then the, the, the very last thing to mention here is that Gideon, you know, when you read the story, um, even after all of that, Gideon still questioned and he said, hey God, you know, just before we go and do this, you know, just before we go and take the Midians, can I, can, can I borrow that blanket? Can I just take the fleece? Can I just take the fleece? Can I put the fleece in the ground? And I'm going to go to bed tonight. And when I get up in the morning, will you cause the fleece to be wet? And will you cause the fleece to be wet? And the water round up and, 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 the, and, the, and the ground wet round about? And then, of course, what happens? The very thing happens. He gets up in the morning and he's looking at the ground and there's no sign of anything. And then he rings out and it says that in the Bible he gets a glass of water out of it. Did he drink it? I'm not sure. <laughs> but not only that, then he said the next time, just one other thing, God, because you've done all these things, you've showed all of that and you've done all of this and you've said that I'm going to do that. But actually this time, will you make that dry? Make it dry, because remember it was wet before. Will you make that dry? And this time, will you just... Will you make the ground round about it wet? Can you do that for me? Do you think Gideon's got some trust issues? Do you think he has? And then in the morning, what happens? After a long night, I'm sure, the towel is dry. And guess what? The ground is wet. God has absolutely got Gideon's attention. So what's God going to have to do to get your attention? What's God going to have to do that would see you break out? Because here what it says, I dare you, that means that every single one of us are setting ourselves up to do something that possibly we never even thought about last week, last month, last year. I dare you. I love um, the fact that the Joshua, not Joshua, um, I've wrote here Joshua fights the Midianites, but he doesn't. Gideon fights the Midianites. But I love the verse here in, in Judges 7 verse 2. And it said, And the Lord said to Gideon, The people who are with you are too many for me to give the Midianites into their hands. 
lest Israel claim glory for itself against me, saying, my own hand has saved me. So imagine this, when you read the story a little bit further on, it says that with Gideon there was 32,000, okay? And God is saying to him, look, those 32,000, we don't need them. Send them away. So he says, look, if any one of you are in amongst any fear, then for those that are fearful, when you go, just go away home and take care take care of whatever you've got, take your possessions and just leave it to us. And actually 22,000 people walk out the door. And, you know, I look at the numbers and I go, wow, that leaves me with 10,000. Imagine what Gideon's thinking. 10,000 people now to take on the whole of the Midianites. But then even after all of that, God says to him, hey, you've still got too many people because I want my name to be glorified. I don't want you guys to think it was about what you did. And then it's all about water again. It's all about water again. And uh, God says to him, for those people who go down and take a drink of water, slurping like a dog, let them go home. And the ones that remain, let them go and fight with you. And the ones that remain, what they did was they cupped the water up and they drank like this. So from an army of 32,000, he's left with 300 (laughs) mighty men. Do you think Gideon's in a wee bit of fear now? (laughs) Hey God, hey, we used to have 32,000. Now there's like 300 of us. But here's the thing. See when God comes and he's with us, the numbers don't actually count. They don't actually matter. Because God has already said what's going to happen. I'm going to go back and read the verse. God has already said what's going to happen. And it says... In verse 14 of um, Judges 6. Go in this might of yours and you shall save Israel from the hand of the Midianites. So never mind all of the words that are spoken. Never mind all the signs and the wonders that are spoken. God has already said he's going to do it. Now the very thing that Gideon has done. Gideon has said he's, a, he's available. God I'm here. Use me. And that's what God wants from us this morning. God use us. Put us in the place where we would actually see breakthrough with you. Because I want to journey with God. Imagine if we didn't have God and we were trying to do it ourselves. Imagine if the Spirit of God didn't live inside of us and we didn't have the boldness, didn't have the courage, didn't have the tenacity, didn't have the passion, didn't have the vision. We'd probably just go home. But God is in the inside and God has got a plan for us. So here's the thing about a leader, okay? When a leader rises, they're empowered, they're envisioned, by God, and in this instance we're speaking about Gideon. So what he does is he takes a nation, i.e. 300 people, he takes 300 people and they defeat the Midianites, okay? And it causes the the Midianites to, 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 to be beaten, to be defeated. Here's the remaining challenge, okay? And when I read the story, the remaining challenge after the defeat, after after the Israelites conquer and they take the land, the challenge is that Once Gideon has died, and this is obviously after many years, the Israelites go back to how they used to behave. They go back to their Baals. They go back to their other gods. They have put down every single thing that they've learned. And guess what? They have just repeated the cycle. Because if you read the story in Judges earlier, there's another leader who did the exact same thing. And guess what happened when he disappeared? They all went back to their own Baals. So it's a case of who are we going to give the chalice to? Who are we going to give the baton to? Will you rise up? Will you do the thing that God is asking you to do? Because God is daring you in this place. 
So here's some responsibilities that we have, okay? When I read the story of Gideon, here's our responsibilities, okay? Our responsibilities are to make ourselves vulnerable to God, because it says in the Bible about us humbling ourselves in the presence of God, and he will lift us up in due season, amen? Here's the next one. Know what the norm is and the limits are for your life. Now challenge it. Because every single one of us have our own capabilities. You know, I went to university and I trained to be an engineer. So I can tell you a little bit about engineering things, okay? From there I then went on and I did some project management things. So I can tell you a little bit about those things. But how much more if I was to go and train to do something else that I could then be able to teach and to train on something else. Inside every single one of us, We've got desires and passions that God has already given us. Maybe even you're outworking. But here's the deal. You've not yet arrived. Because if you had arrived, then guess what? You'd be living in the land, the land of the Israelites. You'd be living in in the blessings. You'd be living in the promises of God. And I want to tell you, yes, there are blessings and promises of God that we have just now. But there's more for us to take. There is more for us to take. And what it actually means is challenging the status quo challenging God I do not accept this because I know that you have got greater things than these for me today and here's the third point God says I believe in you I'm going to empower you now trust him at his word Gideon what a great example he had God set him up. He declared who he was through the angel. He, he showed him with all the, all the, the supernatural might that, that God has to consume a meal. And from there, Gideon, even when they declared and they were beating the Midianites, they declared the sword of the Lord and of Gideon. And the, the Midianites were, were, were savage. The Midianites were, were defeated. There are some things that every single one of us need to do to, 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 to break out, that, that we would see God um, God's name be honoured in, in, in this time, amen so what happens when the challenge comes, okay Gideon could have run away have you ever run away ever run away from what someone's asked you to do, hey maybe your boss has asked you to do something, or maybe even a leader's asked you to do something in church hey will you give it a go, and you've ran away do you know what, when someone asks you to do something, give it a go Give it a go because what you're doing is you're setting yourself up and you're making yourself available to say, God, use even me. Whether it is preaching, whether it is leading a a midweek group, whether it is supporting the teams that we have across the church, give it a go because you just never know if you don't give it a go. Here's something that Henry Ford said, okay? Whether you think you can or whether you think you can't, you're right. I'm going to say it again. Whether you think you can or whether you think you can't, you're right. So this tells me this is all about what we want to do with that statement. What do you believe? Who do you believe? Do you believe God that says that you are an overcomer? Do you believe God that says, actually, when we reach out and do these, these things that God is going to ask us to do, we're going to be overcomers? I want to tell you, every single one of us, yes, we are going to be overcomers. So ultimately, you need to have belief in yourself. So when you see the opportunity for trusting, what will your reaction be now? What will it be now? The opportunity is there. God has given you the opportunity to trust Him. I dare you to trust in God. I don't dare you to trust in yourself because you know what? 
ultimately you're going to fail. But I dare you to trust in God because God, he has got greater plans than this. He's got greater things for you to do than even you could ask, dream or imagine. Just finally in finishing up, what stops us from daring? What stops us from daring? Are we comfortable? Have we found that nice little niche in our lives where we're sitting on the sofa and it's just like, yeah, I'm fine with doing this. Are we challenging the status quo to do more for God? So here's some dares for you. Will you take them up? Will you take up the dares that I'm about to say to you? Will you? Will you do it? Here's some dares for you, okay? Will you forget the past? Because you can't change it. Will you let go of all fear and inhibitions? Will you speak to those mountains and cast them into the sea just as Jesus instructed us to? Will you set a new horizon, hear what God is saying for us to do and do it? I dare you to trust in Jesus. Trust God's plan for your life. I dare you to stay connected to God and to his family. And I dare you to leave a legacy, a reminder of who God is in your life and what he's done through you. Here's a verse that's going to just blow your socks off. And it says in Proverbs 3 verse 5, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not in your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him and he shall make your path straight. And here's my next verse. James got it this morning. John 14 verse 6. Jesus told him, this was him speaking to Thomas, I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life. No one can come to the Father except through me. So here's the deal. The deal is, you know, whenever, whenever we make ourselves available, God is already there. God is already there because it says he's gone ahead of us. So will you do the things that God is asking you to do? Will you dare to reach out to him and trust in him? Will you dare to do the things that, that you know are right? Because when I think about some amazing engineering feats that's happened in the, in the past, you know, in the, in the 1800s, would they have said that by the year 1900s would be driving cars? They probably never thought about it. Or in the 1950s, would they have thought, hey, will we ever send a man on the moon? They probably never thought about it, but I know that by the 60s they did, and then by the end of the 60s they did. So really it's all about what you put your trust in. Because if you put your trust in a plan, these plans will come to pass. I dare you to trust in God because he is going to cause some amazing plans to come to pass for your life. So I wonder if we can stand up.